God richly bless you. So in chapter 7, Basalwane, it is a very, very beautiful uh, book, hallelujah, Amen. with enough verses for you to read really and uh, try and read it today if you have not uh, read, hallelujah. Amen. But I just want to highlight to you that Jesus was still at Galilee and he was in his second year of his ministry. So we can say he was about 32 years old at this point in time hallelujah and glory to jesus but you will notice that by this time in chapter 7 hallelujah he was no longer it, we are no longer in the passover season which is around march and april we have now transitioned to another a, a season hallelujah it says when you start with the book of chapter john chapter 7 from verse 1 as you go downwards there you'll realize that it was the time or it was the season of the feast of tabernacles it was the feast of booth i like that one hallelujah whereby the whole nation of israel all the jews were required to go to Jerusalem and to present themselves to God for eight days, hallelujah. And they have to worship the Lord, they have to praise the Lord, they have to do whatever they can. And the name of Tabernacles of Booth, it comes from the fact that during this festival, hallelujah, are you still with me, that they had to pitch tent or build structures that are like tabernacles and they had to stay there. Apparently we still have people who still practice that even today hallelujah i don't know if i had already mentioned so the feast of booth is something that will happen around september and october so there is a gap of plus minus six months between chapter six and chapter seven hallelujah are you still with me are you following right so it was remember in six it was the season of the passover but now we are in the season of the festival of booth or the feast of booth hallelujah and I just want to tell you quickly that the Feast of Booth speaks to the following, maybe three things if you want to write down quickly, just to give you the context of what we are going to talk about, the context of verse 37, 38, and 39. Oh, hallelujah. So when the children of Israel had been delivered from slavery in the period of the Passover, remember they were set free in the Passover, right? You remember, right? It started with them this season of the Passover, hallelujah, whereby God was going to pass over when he sees the blood marking those homes or marking the, uh, at the top of their doors. He says, I will pass over, I will not allow the enemy to touch your families hallelujah so 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 we we, we have this six months period before this um feast of booth hallelujah so now going back to this um to this period of the passover you will understand that these children 
of Israel, they were in the desert and there was a lack of water. And they wanted water and Moses had to bargain with God. And he had to strike a rock. Are you still with me? And what happened there, let us not go into the details too much, water came out from the rock. So the festival of tabernacles has to do with the celebration of God's provision of water coming from the rock. But today I want to say Jesus was standing as the rock of all time, the rock of ages, whereby water can also gush out. Hallelujah. But let us not dwell too much in that. But the other thing that they were celebrating, they were celebrating harvest. This was around September, October. So this was a season where they harvest in the northern hemisphere. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Amen. So they were celebrating the harvest, whatever they had harvested from the Lord. Hallelujah. But also it was a time whereby they make petitions to God or making requests unto God to send more rain. Let it come down. Let it rain. Let it rain. So it was that season whereby they are thanking God, hallelujah, for the water that came from the rock, but they're also thanking God for the harvest, hallelujah, because he's the God of harvest, hallelujah. If you are living your life but you are never harvesting, you must start to ask yourself, which God are you worshiping? Which God are you serving? Because our God is a God of harvest. When you serve him, when you work for him, when you plant, there comes a time and a season whereby you have to walk into the harvest field and harvest what you had planted. Hallelujah. And therefore never look down on godly children of God when they are planting on the altar their tears when they have nothing and they come on a daily basis to seek the face of God and plant their tears and plant their prayers and plant and plant. I can tell you those prayers are becoming a monument before God. In no time God will come through for you and it will be your season of harvest. Hallelujah. For I have lived long enough to confirm to you that I have never seen God neglect anyone who's godly, anyone who's committed to him, anyone that worships him in spirit and in truth. He has never done that. If you think that he has done it, I can tell you those people were not serious with God. That's not the God I worship. We planted for years from our youth. We cried before God and we cried before him and said, give us a better future. And today we stand here and say, God is faithful to his word. He gave us a better future with no dependency on politicians or dependency on any big names, but only holding on his name. He's a God of others. What, but while they were celebrating harvest, they will make a petition that send more rain. Rain is necessary for life to take place. Give Jesus. Amen. And number three, what they were celebrating, it was the coming of age of the Messiah. As I read for you in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, hallelujah. 
whereby you are going to harvest with joy. You are going to come with joy, hallelujah, to these wells of salvation. That they were looking forward at that period whereby the Messiah is coming to redeem and to save them. But at this point, as where we were reading, the Messiah was in the house. So, 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 so now listen to this. This is the background of chapter 7. And let me just tell you a few interesting things maybe that some of you might want to like and to understand. And I don't see notebooks. I don't know how you are going to get these things. Remember, these are things that maybe the 30 years now, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, getting to know them. These are things you need to make notes. We have notebooks from since age 16. We have them where we're taking notes when our pastors were talking, taking them notes, and we refer to them when I forget. It's what, those are some of the resources I'll go to. By the way, I remember my pastor taught on this. What did he say? Then you look at that. You look at that. So be in the habit of taking notes, making notes, make notes. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And God really, really bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. So now let me just uh, give you a simple, uh, a quick class so that we make this theological, then we wrap up the message. So there are three important feasts. The first festival is the Passover. The second one is Pentecost. By the way, this is the season of Pentecost right now here. This is the season. I think Ascension Day was last week. Last week, Thursday. Hallelujah. So a Sunday like this. It is a Pentecost. A missed call. Missed call. Wake up your spirit. I just said, technically, if you are to follow the calendar, you are actually on Pentecost Sunday. It is a Sunday of this nature where Pentecost will be celebrated. But the other one that's important to us Christians, borrowed from the Jews, besides Pentecost and Passover, it is the Feast of Tabernacles or Booth, those three. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And as I've already mentioned, between Passover and Tabernacles, there's a six-month period in between. Hallelujah. And then this Pentecost, really, after Passover, really, it's a couple of days, a few weeks, hallelujah, and then it's there, amen, and um, praise God for that, amen. Can you give Jesus a hand and praise, because I want to say to you, it is important to also know these things and put them into place. So last week, I said, on chapter 6, that was the last Passover he celebrated. The next one, he's going to celebrate it actually on his way to the cross. Are you with me? And the Pentecost that happened thereafter was going to be followed by another important Pentecost. Are you still with me? But this tabernacles or this feast of booth was the last one Jesus celebrated because after it you go back to Passover. Are you still following? But now, the way God has structured these things, he has structured them by weeks. That's why most of these festivals were weeks. And that is why even weddings were weeks. Because there is something in the number seven, of which I don't want to talk about today, but I just want to say, even when God created life as we know it, it took him six days 
and on the seventh day, he rested. Are you watching now? Now, you need to really, really, really watch and wake up. I'm going to start over. So there is something in this thing of seven days or a week. Hallelujah. So in his creation, he spent six days, and day number seven, he rested. And all the festival were a week long. But there is something interesting. The first day of the week is a Sunday. I need you to follow and make notes, actually, because you are going to get a big missed call here. Hallelujah. And I won't be there to explain to you. The first day of the week, okay, ma'am, missed call is when you have those old phones back then, right? And then your phoning is ringing at the pole, and then it's not getting into the house. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, right, right. Amen. So, so these seven days are so critical and so important. Now, watch this. The first day of the week, Sunday is that correct. Can we agree? Yes. Who is on disagreement that it's not the first day of the week? Okay, this is the calendar we are following, right? All right, everybody follows that one. Now, when is day number six? If Friday, are you with me? So, day number seven? So, according to the Bible, what will Saturday be? It is the Sabbath, right? Is the day of rest. Is that correct? Yes. Where we do nothing. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. I also agree. It is correct. Yes. But the question is, why then do you worship on Sunday? All right. That's why you need to follow. Yeah. The last day of the festivals will be on the eighth day. On the eighth day. So you start on Sunday... Then the last day, which is the eighth day, that's when you are picking up, you are doing all this. That will be the last day of the festival. But now you need to watch this. You need to watch this. You need to watch this carefully. You need to watch this. He rose on the eighth day, which is the third day. Oh, miss call. <laughs> day number eight is a Sunday like this. So if he rose on a Sunday like this, it is the eighth day. Oh, he's gone. Because the seventh day was Saturday. He didn't, ro- he didn't rise from the dead on the Sabbath. He's gone. He rose from the dead on the first day of the week. On the first day of the week, the women ran to the grave to see if he's still there. And they found that the grave is open. He's not there. He rose. On the eighth day, or if you want, on the third day. But I want you to follow the pattern. Because this is nothing new. I just want you to follow the pattern. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the eighth day, just like this. It was not on the Sabbath. The Bible would have said on the Sabbath. When the day of Pentecost had fully come and the Holy Spirit was released, it was on the eighth day, which is a Sunday, like the, again, the first day of the week. All right, all right, all right, all right. What am I trying to say to you? We worship on a day that is associated with the victory of our Lord and Savior. In other words, we worship on the Sabbath of victory. And we rest on Saturday, of course. Ah, that's a big miss call. That's a like big miss call. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. And this festival of booth. 
But also on the same day, there is something significant for us as children of God. The point is, teach this day, rather treat this day as holy unto the Lord. I don't want to take you to Leviticus and give you the technicalities of all, all these things, but I got everything I said from Leviticus, really. Are you still with me? Amen? So Sunday we worship because of that. And maybe you might just be careful of some people who are trying to take you back to a Saturday worship. Hallelujah. Because we are saying his reason on Sunday, that's the day we rose together with him. That is the day where the first believers were sealed with the Holy Spirit. In other words, that is the day of the birth of the church. The church of God was born on Resurrection Sunday. But the church of God was empowered on the very same Resurrection Sunday. Like on, 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 on that third day, on that eighth day. Are you still with me? Pentecost, hallelujah. So it was the very same day. But there is a dynamic I want you to follow before I give you the nice things that you are looking for. The Lord Jesus had not wanted to come to this festival. He told them several times, it is not my time. Because to God, time is important. He talks about time in reference to hour. There are times whereby he says, my hour is not yet here. But there are times he talks about time in the sense of a season that this is not my season. So when this festival was happening, it was not his time for glory because his brothers were saying to him, if you want people to know you, you must come to the festival, come and show off, come and do your mighty works, come and show them that you are the Messiah, come and show them that you are the only one, come and show off. He says, it's not my time. Point number one for today, refrain from shining before time. The majority of us in the house today, you are in trouble because you shone before your time. You bought the car before the time. You bought the house before the time. You got married before the time. You bought the shoes before the time. And you had to fight for it. I am going to repeat. You had to scheme and connive to get what you have today because you wanted to shine before your time. And I'm here to say, if Jesus, as the Son of God, he knew that this is not the hour, also know that this is not the hour. Get to know that this is not the moment, this is not the day, this is not the week, this is not the year. My time is coming. Timing is important for the Christian. You need to know when is your time. Why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this? He will not show his full glory without the cross. He was waiting for the Passover. He had to be 33 years old according to time and be on the cross at the appointed time and do and redeem people at the appointed time. Very important. And the Holy Spirit was not released when he was 32 years old. The Holy Spirit could only be released when he had went to the cross. That's miscalled a holo I see in the house. But you're going like, oh, Pastor Tini. I read it all here in verse 38, 39. Let's read. Is it verse 39? Where, where is it here? Now this is said about the Spirit whom those who believe in him were to receive, 
for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he didn't want to be glorified at the festival of booths, but his glory will be associated with suffering on the cross, the suffering Messiah. So I'm here to say to you, before you shine, there'll be a period of suffering and don't run away from suffering. Don't bribe your way out of suffering because the suffering brings character. Because some of you, you have things, but you have lack character. Why I say you lack character, you are not disciplined enough. You treat the house of God like it's a nightclub you show up anytime. You need to know that this is the house of God. When it's 10 o'clock, it means 10 o'clock, be here 15 minutes before. People who have discipline know that. You have an iWatch, you have an iPad, fast car, but you're still late for the things of God. You are shining before time. You lack character. People who are shining at the right time, they have character. Because they're being shaped by the struggles. They're being shaped by the suffering. We know what it means to sit in a reception being on time and be made to wait but because you are looking for the opportunity it is not yet time you wait and that is why we are men of character and that is why when it's tough in the relationship or in the marriage i don't walk out because i have been shaped but now when you get married prematurely when it gets tough you walk out because you lack character we had to wait for him you had to trust God for him. Amen. Amen and glory to Jesus. When you have things before time, without character, you will never be a good steward. You will abuse them. The pay and the salary that God gives you is not for abuse. It's not for abuse. You are a steward. But if you had gotten it in time through the ways of God, you will have character. You will know how to handle the money that God gives you. In other words, the little that you have from God can do more. Some of you, you have too much, but you can't even do a little for yourself or even for God. Because you got the things before time, before the character. So character must be built. Avoid shining before your time. Very important. Learn to shine at the right time. God will be glorified by your good works. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to be successful. He wants you to be effective. But you must understand there are times. There are times. There are seasons. When you find a man doing his best, when you find a man performing at his peak, just know you are watching or seeing a person who is in season, who is in time. He did not come too early. He did not come late. He just came on time. But he has been shaped by the character. What he went through shaped him. Jesus knew that, that the cross is necessary. He knew that the 39 splashings are necessary. He knew that they, that season is necessary in his life. 
He knew that they had to peace his side. It was written in scripture. He knew all those things that they are necessary before the time of God. So the Holy Spirit could not be released before the suffering of the Christ. In other words, the church could not be strengthened before the suffering of the Christ. The church could not be born or could not be started before the suffering of the Christ. That timing was necessary. And I'm here to say, never skip the periods of preparations, which are usually difficult. To make it easy for some of you guys. Not all of you, to some of you guys. When you see some of us having nice things at our age, it does not mean you must have them. It took years to get there. There are no shortcuts in life. It backfires, it backfires, it backfires. I want to repeat, it backfires when you take shortcuts. I'll repeat, it backfires when you take shortcuts. It backfires. No shortcuts. Process. And take whatever the Lord has prepared for you. And you will shine at your right time. Am at my full shining? Not as yet. I'm still going through a lot of suffering because the Lord is preparing me for greater places. And I'm encouraging everyone in this house. The Lord wants to take you to very great places. And for you to get there, allow the preparation. No shortcuts. There's no shortcut, Bazalai. There's no shortcut. But also, you don't want, by the time God brings you to your place of destiny, your life is messed up. I was not talking about that. I don't know why I went there. Let me come back to the test. But our Lord and Savior had to suffer before glory. But we're living in days whereby you come to us Wanting shortcuts, pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me, Pastor. Sometimes, Pastor doesn't have to pray, you'll just have to go through that season. You have to go through that season, and that is why sometimes, yes, I won't pray for you because you will say God does not answer prayer. It is your season to go through, go through it. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, I will be with you all the time, amen. But anyway, coming back to our text, so the Holy Spirit could not be released before the day of Pentecost had fully come. The Passover was necessary, then after the Passover, the Holy Spirit will be released. Are you with me? Did you follow, did you follow the pattern? Now, now, there's something amazing and exciting that I like of verse 37 as we prepare to wrap up. It says, on the last day of the feast, which is the eighth day, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst. I've already told you about this great day of the feast. Everything I said was just to explain that line. I've done that. Now the part I need to just highlight to you this morning. If anyone thirst. Anyone, with no exception. It could be Bitumelo, it could be Ntombi, it could be Charles Gomrao, it could be Bongi Mumrao. At the end of the day, anyone, 
anyone. No, 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 I, I need those hands. I need those hands. It says, it says, it, listen, listen to this. If anyone, not some, any, it means me. I thought you'll also say me. You. Now, listen to this carefully. First, first, I want to highlight the following. First means, all right? Don't consult the dictionary sometimes. Trust pastor for English lessons sometimes. <laughs> Not all the time, right? Sometimes. All right? It's the way Pusilda is looking at me. All right. All right, before I go there, but I'm not prophesying, but there was this scripture in my spirit in the morning. You must believe and trust in the prophets of God. You will be established. Amen. All right, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, and be very successful, right? All right, now, look. I nearly wanted to preach on that this morning, by the way. But I said we are on the book of John. It was so heavy or strong in my heart, yeah, that some of you are not establishing the things of God because... Yeah. But now... Now, now, listen to the pastor's dictionary of this, and maybe other men of God will sway towards the same kind of definition. First is the absence of what is necessary, full stop, full stop period. Now, make it down again, write it down. When you are thirsty, it means there is a paucity of what is necessary in your body. Can we repeat that one? When you are thirsty, there is a paucity, there's an absence of what is necessary in your life. In this case, it's water. He says, if there is something that is necessary missing in your life, come to me. He says, if anyone lacks what is necessary, if anyone is experiencing the absence of what is necessary, Ah, I don't know. He's saying, if you are in the house and you don't have what is necessary for your life, you are in the house, what is absolutely necessary is not there in your life. He says, you are my candidate. Now, I want to put it this way. Some of you, you think what is necessary is the fashionable clothing you have. You think what is necessary is the expensive labels, but I'm here to say it is not the necessary. Some of you, you think if God can just bless you, like the kid said, with a beautiful car, that will be the necessary thing. I can tell you now, a car is not what is necessary in your life. Hallelujah. Maybe, let me not say a car, but that very, very nice car you so dream about, it is not a necessity in your life. Hallelujah. Some of you, you think that a necessity in your, in your life is to have a very big mansion. But I'm here to say to you, it is not a necessity. Hallelujah. And Puseleto will clap hands now. A qualification or a degree, it is not a necessity. Puseleto, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It is not. It is not. It is not necessary. Abandwana. Chicks. Girls. They are not a necessity in your life. Because some of you, all you live for is women. You commit crime just to impress women. 
because you have low self-esteem. Come to Jesus. He will build your esteem. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You have a stolen TV in your house just to impress visitors. You didn't buy it from the shops. Where did those people get it? So, So the things that we chase, that we labor for so hard, day and night, are not the absolutely necessary thing. He says, if anyone is thirsty, I can tell you, today, I am married. She has never managed to close the gaps that were there in my life. So marriage was never a solution for my emptiness. Marriage was never a solution for the thirst I had. I thought I'll quench it with a woman, but I stand before you today and said it didn't work. Mm, I've driven many, many cars, I can tell you, and most of them were fairly decent, hallelujah. And I still drive a nice one. Can I tell you something? They don't close the gap. They don't close. I've learned that they are not necessary. I'm saying these things for some of you to Kulumanjing or know. I'm here to say we have walked called Diamond Walk and we have bought things and we wear some of the things from there. And I'm here to say after we have bought those things with thousands of rents, they don't close the gap. What I am saying to you right now, listen to this as I close. As I close, there's nothing wrong with all the things I've mentioned. Just be aware. They will never quench the thirst you have in your life. Therefore, don't make them the priority in your life. Blessed is the man or the woman who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness is to hunger to do what pleases God. And the things I've mentioned, they don't please God. But what pleases God is when Pastor A walks in a manner that is worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is pleased when I represent him well. God is pleased when I use the resources I have to serve his purpose. He's pleased when I walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the scripture says, so that you can bear fruit in all seasons. But they've never been the target. He says, now if you are thirsty, come to me and drink. Jesus says, you are thirsty. Don't go go Louis Vuitton. Don't go go Mercedes. Don't go go something for a house. Don't don't go for for, for the most beautiful, cavacious woman. He says, that is not the way to quench your thirst. He says, don't go there. He says, come to me. He says, don't go to that woman. Don't go to that man. Come to me. He says, don't go for the car. Come to me. Don't go for the house. Come to me. Don't go for the degree, but come to me. And God is calling you that if you are thirsty today, come to me. He says, come to me. He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you, all of you. Now, let me tell you, I am not going to be fooled. 
I want to put it this way. I am not going to be fooled by what you have parked outside. And I'm not going to be fooled by what you are wearing. And since it's fake, maybe I'm not going to be fooled. You need Jesus. You are thirsty. You need Jesus. I am going to repeat. You might look like you've got it all together. But at the end of the day, if you are thirsty, you must come to Jesus. Because what you have on and what you have is not the solution. It's not the solution, bruh. Only Jesus can fill the gap. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. You'll continue chasing things. They'll never satisfy you. But I'm calling you to another dimension. When you come to him and live for him, he says, I will err. He didn't say he's not going to give you. He says, I will add. The problem with our generation, you are chasing after things that God never said you must chase. And you want pastors to pray for things that God is not endorsing. He says, I will add. So if he's going to add, why am I chasing? Stay in your lane. Do what the Lord expects from you. Number one is to live a righteous life. Live a life that pleases God. Be a holy person. I was so touched, Mamruji could not see. I got a testimony that somebody had a husband or a boyfriend to go hire, and, uh, and, and they were staying together for two months. I said, I'd rather go hungry without a boyfriend in my house. That is righteousness. I am going to repeat. Look, they are clapping hands. That is the righteousness we are talking about. Because when God lifts up this woman, all of you you'll start talking and talking but i can tell you she'll be put up there by god for the righteous act but how many of you are willing to walk away from things that are not godly in order to get the righteousness of god so that he can add the things that are really really necessary in your life let's finish reading because i need to stop Let's finish reading. Where is it? Verse, let him come and let him come to me and drink. Come to Jesus and drink. Then he explains. He says, whoever believes in me. Remember this book was written so that we can believe in Jesus, right? That is the Messiah and the Son of God. He says, anyone who believes that I am the Messiah, that I am the Son of God, will have eternal life. But he says here, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, right? Look, look at this. Out of his heart will flow rivers. Again, take pastor's English lesson here. It's not English, but he knows basic English. He didn't say river. It's rivers. That's plural. And I want you to just make note of that. He says, out of you will flow rivers. Plural. Rivers. Not a river. Rivers. Of living water. But... It, now, now, listen, listen again. Look, look, watch carefully. It didn't say waters. Jesus. Water. Yeah, yeah. Rivers, Rivers of living water, meaning the same quality of water. Yes. Miss Paul. Yes. What he's saying is the same quality of water. One, that one have the bacteria you can think of, right? It has the same formula all the time. Let, let, let's finish up reading. It says... You, you, yeah, water. 
And then verse 39. Now he said this about the, about the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were to receive. And of course, I've explained the last verse, right? That at that time, the Holy Spirit was not yet released because Jesus was not glorified, right? So it was going to release after the cross on the day of Pentecost had fully come, which is on the last day of that week of Pentecost, which will be like a Sunday like this. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a hand and praise. Now, listen. What you get for yourself is for yourself. But what you get from, the God, from God, or rather from the Lord, right, Amen. becomes rivers of living water. So what God deposits in you, it is going to overflow. Listen, 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 listen. To the brim. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching in a dead church. Then what God has put in you is going to spill over. You see, when we know it is God in your life, is when what you are doing spills over to others. When, when, when the salvation that I have is truly salvation from the Lord, it begins to spill over to others. What I am doing is salvation spilling over, telling you from the abundance of what's inside my heart, telling you, so it's an overflow of my salvation coming to you. Now, when you are truly saved, you are going to be overflowing with a message of salvation. You will so desire to tell others about this water. You will so desire to tell others about this Jesus. You are going to say the rock of ages is here. And there is life in him. And you are going to be like the Samaritan woman in chapter 4 who came to Jesus. She came in the afternoon. At a time whereby people don't go to the well. And because she was hiding, she did not want to meet other women because they were going to talk about her. They were going to laugh about her because she did not have a good CV. She was, she was a bad woman. She was corrupt. She had done it all. Hallelujah. In fact, the Bible says she had five husbands and the one she's staying with was not the husband. So this was a corrupt woman and she traveled alone. Be careful of people who travel alone. People who don't want people around them because they want to hide something. If you're not hiding anything, why don't you open up? And that is why you find me outside here. I don't pretend to be a fancy pastor. I'm, 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 I'm easy. I have nothing to hide. Amen. Amen. Because when the verses are gone on stage, what, how do I talk with you outside? Also matters. And she met Jesus. And she began to draw water. When she had drawn her water, I think, Jesus says, can you give me some to drink? And she said, no. You are a Jew. She started the politics of the day. And I'm here to say, the things of God have no politics. She says, yes, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. You should not be asking me anything. Jesus says, politics aside. She says, no, but the place of worship it's supposed to be where we are in Samaria, but you guys are saying, Jesus says, no. Can we also cancel that? That there's coming a season whereby worship will be coming from the heart. Whereby people will worship me in spirit and in truth. Ah, for God is a spirit. Then Jesus says, 
if you knew who is talking to you, you will not have answered in that manner. You will have said, give me living water. He says, woman, you came for the physical necessity. But woman, I see that you don't need the physical necessity in your life. That's going to quench the thirst. But this has gave me an opportunity to tell you that the way you lived your life of promiscuity, it is because you are thirsting for something bigger than this. And Jesus began to prophesy over a life. And as she does, she says, you must be the prophet. You must be the Messiah. Ah, and what did she do? She went back to the community and told the community. Now, look, look, she told, she told, she told everyone. Everyone, including those five guys. She told them that I have met the Messiah. You see, when Jesus has come in your life, when he has come in your life, when he has come in your life, when Jesus is the Lord of your life, you will go back to the same places where you messed up and say, today I come in peace. Today I come with a message of hope that Jesus is Lord. Whosoever calls upon him shall not be disappointed, shall be saved. When you are truly saved, you won't hide your salvation. You'll go back there where you messed up and say, I come back, a new person who met Jesus. I am now speaking from the overflow of what is in my heart. And you begin to speak. But not only that, as you close your Bibles, Whatever the Lord adds in your life, Portia, since you are enjoying this, yes, whatever the Lord is going to add in your life, Kumbuzo, and all of you guys, listen to this. It must overflow. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You may be seated. Oh! 
praise Him, let us praise Him. Let us seal that word with worship. Seal that word with worship. spoke to you. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? If you know that the rivers of living water are coming out of your belly, can you just give him a hand of a praise? Hallelujah. 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 This is a life of overflow on earth whilst we are still alive. A life of overflow. Mighty God, hallelujah. Bazaloni, catch us on Monday at 7 o'clock on YouTube for the same word, hallelujah. Let us invite other people as well to come and listen, amen. And then Wednesday we are here because the rivers, the rivers of the living water, they need to continue to connect with the one who quenches my thirst. That's why we are here on Wednesday to pray, 6 o'clock until 7 o'clock. Join us for prayer. I know some of you are visiting us today. You don't come here. Maybe you are a member at another church. Come here on Wednesday. Let us pray for people to get saved. Let us pray for people to experience and come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.